Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Donovan. Working hole. Splits right by Kofi. Oh! Splits right by Kofi. Close to Kufus. And another highlight reel. Talk by Donovan. I guess I spoke too soon. What's up, everybody? This is Gary from HoopsAndCards.com. I'm so thrilled to be with you today. We continue this series we're calling Basketball Cards 101. The basics, the foundations, the essentials. I hope you'll listen to these before the season starts. I know a lot of you are, and you're asking good questions. Like, when should I buy? Why should I buy? How do I sort possible purchases on eBay? Should I buy cards that are raw and not graded? Is it time to buy now or should I wait until Christmas or the All-Star Game? Lots of good things to think about. And guys, today I've got some thoughts for you as buyers. Whether you buy in person, at a show or shop, or buy online, I've got lots to share with you. So I'm a buyer. I'm a collector. I'm here to add value to everything you do. And you guys add value to me, this global community we're building. (laughs) I'm constantly learning from you at uh, hoopsandcards.com and on Instagram. So thanks for joining us. Let's get after it. Jalen Green on the other side. Counted his first two points of his NBA career. Oh, yeah. Today's episode, I'm going to focus on where to buy basketball cards, where to get your cards. And you guys know it's not just about buying. It's about what, well, what am I spending? What extra costs might be involved? Am I getting a good deal? Right? Did I shop around? Did I do some research? What is this card worth? Because you ask five different people, you'll get five different answers. And for some reason, the guy wanting to buy a card always says it's not worth that much. And the guy who wants to sell the card is actually like, well, you know, the last comp was really high. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny, you guys. Uh, there's a lot to think about and to know about when it comes to buying cards. And I, I want this to not just be a basics episode. Like, you can go to Target on Thursday at 1 o'clock and find a blaster box of Chronicles. <laughs> no, no. I, I want this to be, hey, here are the locations to buy cards online and in person. Here are the the issues to consider with each of those, the things to know about, and some strategies. I I think it would help all of us to have some healthy strategies in mind when it comes to buying or selling cards. And you guys, I get, I I love it. I get questions on Instagram or my email, gary at hoopsandcards.com. Some of you are looking at a specific card and you'll message me and you'll say something like, Hey, Gary, uh, I'm looking at this card on auction on eBay. It's uh, Anthony Edwards PSA 10 red, white, and blue prism. Right now it's at this amount. What, um, you know, what should I be willing to bid? And uh, basically a question like that, first of all, it's, it's, it's legit, it's practical, it's current. It's, it's exactly where we live. You guys, I mean, I, I, I'm the guy who's gotten on this podcast and said things like, man, I'm buying Anthony Edwards. Okay, where? And how much are you paying? And how do you know 
what to pay and what not to pay. How do you decide what you're going to do with the card? And does that affect what you'll do to get it? So buying cards. Uh, first of all, I love this topic. I think it's, it's going to be a good thing for all of us to have uh, game plan, strategy, awareness, different options. Uh, to know yourself well. I think there have been times when I get my mind set on a card and I start searching or I start comparing prices and it, it all of a sudden feels like this goal or this task I need to accomplish. And sometimes that's exactly what it is and I get her done, buy the card, boom. Other times it's like, maybe I rushed the process and overpaid because it all of a sudden became this quest, right? To prove that I could win. And in the process of quote winning, I actually spent, you know, 20% more than I ever needed to for that card. So, so that's me saying, Hey guys, uh, it is good to have a strategy or to know your strategy and your approach on buying basketball cards. Now it, it used to be that, that I had to wait for, uh, the new cards to be available at the drugstore or at the, uh, supermarket, you know, and they would be there by the candy bars at the checkout aisle. But man, that was like 35 years ago. And there were other places to get cards. It was at a flea market or it was at a card show that would happen like maybe once every couple months here in our county, they would host one at some convention center or at a, a conference room in a hotel. Like uh, you know, someone invited a bunch of people to come buy, sell and trade cards. And that's where I found mine. You know, uh, there's a lot of different places nowadays. It's so many options buying cards. If it's buying unopened cards, you can go to target, Walmart, dollar general, Barnes and Noble. You can even go to some, some, uh, department store, like Kohl's. I saw Kohl's had college football cards, prism cards last winter. I'm like, what in the world? There, there are all kinds of surprise places to find and to buy cards unopened, like just the box or the pack or whatever. You can go to CVS drugstore and get value packs of Don Russ or of Chronicles or absolute football and Don Russ basketball. Uh, the thing I would say, and if you listen to our last episode about basketball cards 101, is that, man, I don't, I don't have a lot of good experience getting good value when I buy unopened packs and boxes of cards. Uh, that is a gamble. Let's just say it that way. It's, it's a gamble. And sometimes you break even, you get the right amount of value that you paid for that box. Other times you might get lucky. I'd say one in 10, 10 to 15% of your wax, you're buying unopened cards, pays off and you get a great card. Awesome. But that's how these card companies actually make their money. They want to make their money and not leave it all to us as investors to say, man, I pulled out that $20 box and sold $200 worth of cards. Like if that was happening every time, guess what they would sell their boxes for <laughs> at the store? $200, right? They would, they don't want us making money, reselling unopened product. So all that to say, yes, you can buy unopened boxes at all those places or at so many spots online. I mean, amazon.com, walmart.com, target.com. If you know what time 
that's the, that's the thing, you guys. If there are desirable cards that a lot of people are interested in, sometimes you have to be there online at just the right time. Some people use bots to make sure they get a notice right away and automatically buy cards. As soon as they're loaded into the system at Target.com, somebody's buying them. And I don't know how to compete with that. I don't even know if I want to. But there are lots of opportunities to buy cards online. You can buy them from resellers on eBay, of course, from wholesalers like Blowout Cards and uh, Cardboard Connection. There, There's no shortage of people and companies that sell unopened product. Then there's your local card shop. And sometimes they sell those cards at cost. What they, what they pay for a box, they sell to you. Maybe it's 10% different. I don't know. They got to make something usually, right? Depending on the product. But they also at times can mark up the price, especially if it's a high in demand product and they know resellers are just going to use it to flip or breakers are going to make a ton of money off of, you know, their, their video streams of them ripping and opening and sharing and sending out all those awesome treats that are inside, you know, um, it's funny. I just dropped my dog off at the groomer. And so I thought of like awesome treats and, uh, yeah. So there are ways to do it. But friends, on this show, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say personally, I don't buy a lot of unopened wax. If I do, I, I'm willing to consider it a gamble, a loss, and just a fun, a fun moment, really, to, to see what's inside that box or inside those packs, right? I'm paying some for the experience, and if I get, if I get through that box, and at the end, I don't have as much value as I just spent in dollars. Well, I'm not surprised. That's pretty much what I signed up for when I bought the thing right? But when I buy individual cards, I know what I'm getting. I know who the card is, what condition it's in, what specific version of that card. And I know exactly what I paid for that specific card. Usually it's a negotiation based on comparisons, comps of recent sales. And so we'll talk about some of that in buying strategies for individual cards in a moment, in a moment. So yeah, sometimes I get asked, hey, Gary, they say just like this. Hey, Gary, where do you buy most of your cards? And I think it's kind of funny because um, everybody has different options available and maybe different strategies and things. And what one person does may not work for other people. And what's worked for you might not apply in my situation. Uh, I'm, I guess I consider it fortunate that I do have uh, more options meaning I've got a lot of, let's just say I've got five or six sports card stores within 40 minutes of my house. So if I want to, or if I'm driving in an area that a card store already is, it's, it's likely that I'll say, man, I got, I got 10 minutes to burn. You know, I'd love to just see what they got. I can stop in at a local card shop. Or you hear us talk about card shows and conventions, something as, you know, local and small as, like I said, a conference room at a hotel or a, a event room at a school or a church. Like there, there are card shows in my area that, that I think I'm 
you know, fortunate to have those options. Like the big show on Saturday at Hartville that I went to. Shout out Mike and everybody else who makes that possible. It, sometimes it just seems like it's just Mike doing a lot. So I know he works hard at it. And thank you for all your hard work. But uh, there's always somebody behind the scenes making stuff happen and available for the rest of us in the hobby. And um, anyhow, big card shows, that is a great place to buy cards. Because and, and same thing with the card shops, because I can see the card in person. I don't have to pay things like shipping. Usually don't have to pay sales tax. You know, I don't have to wait for an auction to end. I can just I can just make an offer right then and there. And uh, I'm always of the opinion of what do I have to lose? You know, um, now there are some lead in questions like if you're going to buy a card in person uh, and it doesn't have the price, then say, hey, hey, what's your asking price on this? Or, or what do you got on that Michael Jordan 87 Fleer PSA 8? What do you what do you got on that? Uh, or what's what's the best you can do? I heard somebody ask, and I, I almost laughed out loud. I think I might have laughed out loud uh, at a uh, card show. Asked one time, "What's the least you'll take for this card?" And I, and I think, as as much as a, a buyer needs to have the, I guess is courage the right word, audacity, boldness to ask questions like this. I don't know if I'd ever say, "What's the least you'll take?" Um, I, I, yeah, I think you need to prepare a few basic ways to ask or to make an offer. And uh, this is especially for if you don't see a price on a card. Now I've been guilty of making an offer on a card or agreeing to a price without actually knowing in real time what that card has sold for lately. So buyers, this is some research. I would just encourage you to do whatever you can before going to buy in person or before going to a show. If there are cards or players that you're interested in, do at least a a little quick review of recent sales on eBay, recent sales on eBay. So you go into your eBay search, search for 2005 Chris Paul rookie tops PSA 10. You can, you can filter that search, right? You can sort it by lowest to highest. But you can also filter and scroll down to sold items and complete items. I'm saying check both of those and then go to ended recently, like sort it by ended recently. Then you can see all of those cards that sold recently. Some of them maybe like five minutes ago, like all the Jalen Hurts that sold yesterday when this is a football player, American football, like when yeah, the NFL. Okay, when his cards were selling yesterday during his game, you could see them pop up as sold items. You know, and you could scroll back as as far back as three months ago. So that's that's just knowing some of your research. And your eyes, you know, if you're a buyer, your eyes might be drawn towards the smaller, like the lower price sales. Don't, don't do that. Don't be like that. Uh, if you're a seller, your eyes might be drawn to, ooh, look what they got for that one. And you're drawn to the like higher price sales. Don't do that. Like seriously, don't scroll down looking for that high sale a month ago or that low bargain that someone won on an auction four days ago at three in the morning. Like you have to look at several recent comps. I actually like to look at the recent comps that are, I mean, look at a few auctions and then look at a few that just sold like buy it now or best offer. Because whenever you think about what a card is worth, I can't look at you and say, guys, a John Morant prism 
base raw is worth $50. If anybody, if anybody tells you a set number like that on a card, $55.46. I would just, you, you don't need to laugh out loud at them, uh, but, but that's not how it works, okay? <laughs> Every card's value should be described in a range. And I would say not like, well, that Ja Morant actually, I've seen it sell for between $3 and $4,000. No, I'm not talking about that kind of range. I'm talking about you went on eBay, you you clicked on filter, sold items, and completed items, sorted by ended recently, and you saw, hey, uh, wow, three of those Ja Morants sold yesterday for $56, but the day before, two of them sold for $49, and the day before that, three of them sold for $53 guess what? That's a range. People, that's a range. Well, you know, in the last week, here's what I'd say. In the last week, uh, the comps show, people have been able to buy a John ja Morant, you know, raw prism rookie somewhere between 48 and $58. Boom. That's like a $10 range, right? That's a 20% of that card's value range. And, uh, of course the buyer is going to want to pay like, well, it's, it's the range is 48 to 58. I'll give you 46 for it. Like, no, no. I mean, I guess you got to start somewhere and it doesn't hurt to offer low, but don't look, you know, unless that seller gives you, I'm not trying to give you a moral lesson here. I'm just saying that the range is what both buyer and seller should be looking at. And you can come to an agreement where here's what I'd be willing to pay for that card here's what I'd be willing to take for that card, right? And some of you guys are shrewd negotiators, especially, I mean, I've seen these 10-year-old kids walk up to a, a 45-year-old dealer who's got $18,000 worth of cards on his table and he's been doing this for 30 years and that kid walks up and tries to tell the dealer that his card is really worth half of what he's asking for it. And that's why he should take it from this kid. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, Nelson. No, no, no. But it's, it's all just part of growing up. Like I, I loved how, when I've seen that happen, the, the uh, older, the more experienced dealer um, doesn't like get all angry and defensive about it. Just be like, well, actually, bud, uh, here's how I kind of figure out prices and the three or four things I consider. And, you know, I know it says 55 on it, but I'd, I'd come down to 52. See, the way we talk to each other, I think is super important. And if you're nice to people, you're just going to get better deals. And, uh, you know, you sellers, you're going to get repeat buyers from that if you treat, treat them fairly. So there's my little free lesson. My point is buying and the value of a card happens in a range. It is not a point. It is not, well, that John Moran is worth $56.18 because Sonny in Nebraska paid that on his 4 p.m. auction. Like, do not look at one comp. And if it's a harder to, buy, to find card and there's only one comp, then you still need to make a range out of it, okay? Don't take that one comp as gospel, as like, that's the only way. I'm not paying a dime more. Well, guess what? You're probably not getting that card because it's in a range and you guys need to have a conversation and you also need to decide, Hey, some cards, I don't really care what the comp is. Here's what it's worth to me. That John Morant card, I might be willing to pay 60 for it. And let's somehow, somehow that's how ranges happen, right? People pay higher or pay lower <laughs> and create a new version of that range. So some of you blaze new trails with the deals that you get. 
or the sales that you make, that's fine. But when you think about buying, it's good to know the range of what that cart has been selling for. And then what's your approach gonna be? That's online or on eBay you know, or in person, right? And it's also knowing that, uh, hey, when I, when I find comps on eBay, the seller, when a seller accepts a sale for $60, they have to instantly pay eBay at least 10%. So they're only getting $54. And then they have to give some to maybe PayPal or maybe some other client, they give another 3%. Now they're down to about 52 bucks. And that's where I'm like, well, that'll get into selling next week in the, or in the next episode about this. But as a buyer, I think it's good to know that there is a range uh, as you're looking at eBay comparisons, or if you go to 130point.com, the number is 130 and then the word point.com, that gives you uh, more insight on how some of those or best offers went as far as those sale amounts. That's helpful for getting more accurate uh, ranges on your comps. But going into it and saying, you know what? I know the comps say 60, but those sellers, because they listed it online instead of selling it directly to to me at a, at a show, uh, those sellers had to pay eBay and PayPal and shipping and la, 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 la. Maybe this guy would be willing to take under comps. But what, what I don't love is when a buyer goes, you know what? Comps are 60, but I'm only going to offer you 52.88 because I did the math and 12.9% that you are paying eBay and PayPal generates a new range of like, just no, <laughs> you don't have to tell people that that eBay and shipping actually cost money. <laughs> um, and especially experienced dealers. Just just know there's a range. And if I make an offer on a $60 card, maybe I consider that that shipping cost in my offer. Maybe I consider that eBay cost in my offer. So I'm offering immediately, you know, 50 bucks. If I turn around and offer 40, dude's, dude's gonna laugh and he should. And I deserve to be laughed at. But I'll get over it, I'll move on. I'm a grown man. Let's go, let's go. going right at Conley. Jarrett, a three for the lead. It's in with 5.7. Jarrett Jackson Jr. triples the Grizzlies into the lead. Yaron Walter Jackson Jr., born September 15, 1999, is an American professional basketball player for the Memphis Grizzlies of the National Basketball Association. everybody for this last segment i'm going to test out a new microphone so it might sound a bit different maybe it sounds like there's less distraction noise going on out there as long as my dog doesn't bark we're good <laughs> but uh i i want to give you uh you know a strategic list of uh, things to remember as a buyer okay i've got 16 things <laughs> in this last segment so you may want to listen to this twice but i'll try to just rock through this give you some ideas, some phrases, some things to remember, all right, as a buyer. Just going to go through my list. I'm sure that you could come up with more than 16 things. I just figured, well, I I ran out of room on the page. (laughs) So these are the 16 that came to mind as a shopper, buyer, investor, and basketball cards. (laughs) All right, so I actually did have to edit out the dog barking a second ago. I got a delivery from the Cavaliers, a special delivery of bobbleheads. So I don't know if any of you guys are into bobbleheads, but 
we kind of are, especially when they're free. So I, I, I usually don't turn down free stuff. But let me get to my list. 16 tips or thoughts for buying. Maybe you'll add some to the list. Maybe you'll make your own better list. You're smart. You got this. But here are my 16. Number one, bundle deals. Buy more than one card uh, at a time if you can. Because quite often a dealer, a seller, even online, certainly in person or at a shop, they will give you a discount. It's like not buy three, get one free. But like if you buy three $20 cards from the same seller, they might give you those three for 50 total. I'm just saying, go in, offer uh, maybe see what other two cards you can add into the deal or other three cards, and uh, then you'll lower your price per card. Second thing, whether a, an item or a card has a price on it or not, make an offer. It's worth a try. It's your money. You earned it. You you figured it out and decided what you're going to spend, and cash it, it matters. So offer something, because quite often a seller will list something, or they will put a price on something that uh, is a starting place for negotiating. You don't know that seller very well yet, so you might as well offer 10% less. Sometimes I offer even less than that, not to insult somebody. You, you gotta be careful how you do it. But offer something. What do you have to lose? Okay, bundle deals, offer something. Third is cash is king. Cash is king in person, at a shop, at a store. Get cash from your bank before you go. Because it is hard for people to turn down cash to make you a deal, especially when they see the cash, right? That will help you with whatever you're offering and whatever you're trying to bundle. If you have cash, that's a lot easier than I've done the PayPal, Venmo, cash app route. And sometimes if your web signal is not that strong, that is a problem. That's a problem. Cash is king. Number four, don't push. Man, I sometimes at a show or at a shop, one of my favorite things to do is just as I'm looking through cards, listen to other people trying to make deals or hear other people as they, I'm not snooping. I mean, they're in public trying to make a deal. And sometimes I hear a buyer try to get pushy and say, well, you know, uh, this, you know, this card is down or this player is down or it's the off season or this card is, there's some low comps that I saw from a week ago. Like, dude, don't don't push. Certainly with your tone or with your words, uh, there, there's a difference between trying to convince or sharing a perspective versus trying to be pushy. All right, don't push. That doesn't help your cause. Uh, tip number five. Sometimes you can tell a lot about a seller by the price tags. By, hey, what are you asking for this? And if they say, they're asking $200 for a Ja Morant PSA 10 base prism right now, I would say, okay, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the things they have to sell me are slightly overpriced or they're looking at cards with, they're valuing in, in their mind the ideal value or the higher asking price. Uh, sometimes if their asking prices are crazy, I'll just move on to the next seller, the next dealer. So read the price tags, move on. Number six, don't chase. Don't be like, I got to get this card today or else. I got to win this auction today or else. I got to check this off my hit list, my bucket list, my cards to get list. I have at times overpaid in my uh, pursuit to just keep, you know, to just keep on task. Sometimes it's worth waiting for a better deal. And sometimes in your chasing, you forget to research 
what that card is actually worth, what it's sold for. Sometimes in your chasing, you might be at a show like I have been lately, and I didn't see too many really good Anthony Edwards cards. So I, I think sometimes when we chase, we get desperate. Don't do that. Watch out for that, right? That's an important thing to guard, guard yourself against. Don't chase. Unless, oh, I did put unless, unless it's a numbered card where there's a low pop count. Then, then even on an eBay auction, I might overpay just to get that card. You have to know what's worth chasing and what isn't. Seven, patience wins. I'm telling you, patience as you stand there, patience not to be the one talking too much in you're trying to negotiate with the seller, patience in waiting for the next auction. Because some of the auctions, you guys, on cards go way high because two people aren't being patient. They have to win that auction. They need that card. They just saw that player score 35 points in a preseason game. They have to have it. Really? Because two days later, another auction that doesn't have such a competitive enemy bidder, you might be able to get it for 20% less. Or 30% less. Patience wins the day. Number eight, online platforms help. Online platform. I just said online. Online platforms like ComC. Like Starstock. I still use it for prospecting. Certainly like eBay and Facebook groups and Discord. Knowing that you have options as a buyer. That... That one card you see in front of you at a shop, you know, that's not the only card like it on the planet. Unless it says one of one, you're going to have other options. You're going to have online vault options like PWCC and the new uh, PSA card vault and eBay's card vault. What those things do is they help buyers not spend extra money on those fringe costs like shipping. Really, shipping's a big one. Sales tax, right? paying the buy it now tax and if that's the only thing you can't interact with the seller sometimes i'm saying realize you have options check out some online platforms i need to check out uh whatnot as far as a buying opportunity a lot of you guys are doing that to get deals i love it love it online platforms help number nine this is on ebay or even on facebook or message the seller send them a message on ebay if you send that you find a card that you like say you found a Steph Curry tops rookie PSA 10 and you're interested I would message that seller and say hey I'm really interested in this card can you tell me more about it or are you flexible on price or how long have you had it or just say I'm really interested in that card when you send that kind of a message through eBay it gives the seller a chance to send a response to tell you more but they also have a button maybe you've seen this respond with offer they can make you a, a, a lower price offer because they know you're interested. And maybe they're like, dude, I'm glad you called or messaged me because I need money now. I need cash for something now. Like I'm having the all the all the guys over for a cookout reunion for our 30th class reunion next weekend. I need to buy some ribs. I'm selling my Steph Curry right now. So they might make you a, a, an offer, you know, 5%, 10% off. So send a message on eBay. Be friendly. Number 10, buying raw cards, so ungraded cards that are already opened and out of the box. Raw cards. I like to do that in person. Buy raw in person because I can look at the card. I can see it. I can move it around and see the different glare, the different way light hits it, and see if there's a crease, of course. See if there's dimples or scratches or things because when I'm buying raw today, you guys, 
In fact, one of you messaged me yesterday and said, man, I, I bought a bunch of raw cards a year ago and I'm just way down. <laughs> like I, they're, they're worth a lot less than what I paid for them. Should I even buy raw cards anymore? And the answer is, yeah, a lot of us are there. We, we did that uh, because we went through that season where cards, all cards seem to be going up. Prospects seem to be going up. And uh, I do buy raw cards and base cards. That was his specific one, base cards. And I'm like, well, I'm being very selective. In, when I hold the card in person, I can say, how, how well centered is this? Uh, does it have any, any defections, any crazy lines or any smudge or scratch or print? You know, all that stuff. And I'm buying in person with the thought that, hey, maybe I could send this in to get it graded. Does it have a chance to PSA 10? Does it have a chance to get a BGS 9.5 if you're Beckett, right? Or an SGC 10. If I'm buying raw, it's either a card that I just want for my PC, like I want to have in my collection, or I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, a card that has a chance to be gem mint, number one, I could I could have a, a better profit or better likelihood of reselling it raw. Number two, if I decide to send it into SGA before, or uh, sorry, PSA, SGA. If I send aside my cards to to Shea Gilgis Alexander, I want to know that they're good cards because Shea Gilgis deserves the best of my cards. Little side note, ESPN.com did their rankings of the top 100 players in the NBA this week. Uh, I think later today they're going to release their top five. And there are some very interesting anomalies about their list. Some things I really don't like. And some things I love about their list. I love that they have Tyrese Maxey at number 44. That makes sense to me. I think he's fantastic. I don't get why Tyrese Maxey is ahead of Darius Garland. That makes no sense at all. None. So ESPN... You totally messed it there. You blew it there. I love that they have Pascal Siakam, 29th. I think he deserves more respect. Um, but there, there are a lot of players on their list that I'm like, Josh Giddy that high? <laughs> no, no. So that's my little ESPN. Check that out, ESPN.com. Buy raw cards in person because you can see what they are. Number 11, don't buy wax for profit. It used to be, hey, buy and hold because... You can hold this, and later on, it's like reopening with a chance to get any of the rookies in that class. It's still that way, all right? But maybe it's just I know myself well enough that, number one, I got to open cards. Um, uh, Number two, when you buy wax and open those cards, you very rarely get the, the value that you spent for the box. It's a long shot. I've talked about that already. I don't buy wax expecting profit. I, ex- I buy it expecting a fun experience or I know it's like buying a lottery ticket that has a long shot of landing like, hey, there's a silver, there's a silver giddy, right? Number 12, have a selling plan when you buy a card. So the other day I bought a card online. Uh, the guy was asking $65. I offered him 40 because I, I figured I had a chance. He came all the way down to 45 and I bought the card. But my plan with that card is knowing that this guy is going to be sought after and his card's going to do well. I decided, and it was already selling for like 60, 70. I'm just going to flip it and sell it for listed at 89 and sell it. I wouldn't have bought the card at all if I didn't have a plan to sell it. I think that's important. Know what your plan is with the card. Think it through. That that helps you make good decisions, especially as an investor. Number 13, buy from sellers you trust. I, I wrote it pretty weird. I wrote, it looks like buy from sewers you trust. Or buy from shkirsh you trust. 
It helps to buy from sellers you trust, especially online. Uh, in fact, sometimes a seller online, you can earn somebody's trust like this. Uh, yesterday, I was on the Discord channel for Sports Card Investor, Buy, Sell, Trade, Basketball, and um, a guy posted a Tyrese Maxey autograph prism card, and I've been you know, patiently waiting for a deal on one of those. So hit me up if you've got one. But he ha he had a nice looking one, and I, I messaged him. We started talking, and he sent me a picture of the back of the card. And he zoomed in on the upper left of the card. There was a scratch on it. And you know what? Um, I, I might still buy the card. I haven't yet, but I trust that guy. I trust that seller because he, full disclosure, showed me what the real condition was like. Uh, if you look at the front, it looks like it's it's a 10, right? But on the back, if you turn it in the light correctly, you see a scratch. And I'm like, man, I, I trust that seller. Sometimes I will go at a card show to the three or four guys or five guys I already know and trust what they're going to do or what sort of prices they have or that they're going to give me a, a fair deal. I love that. So Brett, Kurt, John, Chad, I could name Steve, a lot of you guys that I know, um, Matt and Carla, like there's a lot of people, Larry, that I trust. Larry's always wearing a Browns jersey. I, I, I got to love that guy, right? Um, but knowing sell sellers and buying from people you trust, I think that's important. Number 14, if you don't know the person and you're buying from a distance, you're not buying a card in person and you're using PayPal, this is a PayPal pro tip. It's actually just an amateur tip that is 101 level. Uh, use PayPal goods and services because PayPal will ensure that transaction and reverse it if the buyer isn't happy or if they don't follow through on the sale. So PayPal goods and services if you're buying from a distance. Now, if you're buying directly and the person's right there and you trust each other and you're, you're going to stay there for that transaction, I would then go with PayPal friends and family because you don't have to pay the, the PayPal fees. It's just an easier transfer and um, it's considered a friend gift, not a, um, not a business sale. PayPal friends and family. Finally, number 16. Number 16. Again, you could add another 30. These are just 101 tips for buyers, right? Know what you're buying and why. Know the card you are buying. And sometimes for me, the values of cards change every couple days. Uh, I might see a card at a dealer or at a, at a show and be like, oh, that's a great deal. That's a great card. And then I look it up a few minutes later. I'm like, Actually, that's just what they're going for, and I could probably get it cheaper because I'm not current on what what am I buying, right? I haven't looked at the condition closely enough. I haven't looked at the pop count or haven't looked at what they sell for if graded. So it does help to know what you're buying and then why. Um, most of the time, if you listen to our podcast here at Hoops and Cards, sometimes I say, if you know you want to buy something short term and make money, great, but be willing here it is, guys, to hold it for the long term if you have to. Like if the value goes down, I, I love buying players, cards of players that, hey, man, if I make profit on Ja Morant next month, great, I'm going to sell some Ja. But if the Ja goes down, the economy tanks, and I got to hold on to the Ja Morant cards for a couple years, guess what? I'm enjoying that. I like Ja Morant long term. I'm ready to keep those cards. I feel the same way about LeBron James, Anthony Edwards, Darius Garland, Steph Curry, and about 50 other NBA players that I would say, you know what? 
I'll buy that card because I think it's a good deal today. And if I have to, I'll hold that Giannis for years. You know, I, I think that goes with longevity. And seeing the value of stocks and the economy going up over time, knowing that there's going to be a roller coaster. And cards, guys, it's no different. You know that. It's, cards can be a roller coaster. Now, we're still in buying season for basketball, so I hope you get to use some of those tips. But there's 16 for you. This podcast was a little bit longer than our normal one, but I'd love to hear any questions you have as buyers. So message me on email, gary at hoopsandcards.com, gary at hoopsandcards.com. And if you want more advice, ideas, connection, chance to win prizes, in fact, the September prize at Hoops Plus is an unopened box of prism basketball, baby. You get to rip your own giddy. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a winner. Hoops Plus is our supporter member platform, $4.99 a month. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash hoops and cards forward slash subscribe. That gets you signed up and you get more podcasts, insider newsletter, all, all that stuff, and a chance to win prizes like that. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. Hope this helps you, buyers. Go get it. Get some good deals. I want to hear, I wanna hear your, uh, your stories and what you're learning out there. Thanks. And when I look at Chris Middleton, he's everything that you need in a closer. He could create for himself. He got a mid-range shot. He could drive to the lane and finish at the basket. He could shoot the lights out from the three. And also, if he gets fouled, he could step up and he could make free throws. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye then.